And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. There's no bamboozled. Stop. It's not a bamboozle. It's it's figuring out what makes both teams better. Hello everybody and welcome to the greatest 40 something minutes of your life. 50. It's under oh, 50 well, DVR has a hard out as we just discussed. I know, but we'll still get 50 in. All right, we can. Let's see. Absolutely. Welcome to the greatest 40 minutes of Ian Khan and 10 minutes of me and DVR your life. It's under the radar. <laughs> so nasty. <laughs> With me as always, my friend and yours, Ian Khan. Hello, my friends. Your friend of mine. Last week, I set a show record with only two minutes and four seconds of airtime. It is not true. Oh, that please. is not true. Is that true? No. There were some pretty long gaps in the, the waves where... I was completely silent. I even muted a couple laughs out just to make it seem like I was quieter than I actually was. Because you guys know that's what I do. I, I wipe out laughs to make you seem less funny. <laughs> You're not going to get me talking now. Be, well, I'll start out. I want to ask about the Big Daddy issues. <laughs> no, I'm going to ask about that. How, how are you holding up there, Nando? Shout how old out, is the baby now? How old is the baby? Shout out to the official pediatrician of the show, Dr. Thomas Scott, uh, for helping out. We're just having some sleep issues. That's all. Sleep regression. Yeah, you could have called me. This this is not a pediatrician issue. This is a being a father issue. This is a this is what happens issue. This is a like not so much fun part of the job issue. Well, no, I, I get it. It's just like everything I've read, everything's conflicting. Like everything is like you know so we got she's in a bed now so it's like do you keep the door closed and you like quote unquote lock her in the room or do you let her come out or whatever, whatever and like one person says yes and the other person says no no it's crazy someone's like hey you know lay down next to her all night so when she wakes up she doesn't have the anyway who no one come on baseball yeah <laughs> just checking on you man yeah, i'm good i'm actually i'm sleeping six to seven hours a night which is a new record so there you go yeah feeling pretty good but thank you for your concern both of you uh, let's get to it on today's show. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Ian made the rundown again. So Ian Good. put some trade stuff in and then I went to put some stuff in and then I didn't come back in and there was a bunch more stuff like Matt Harvey should be number one. Well, it could be. I mean, he's on the list, but uh, yeah, I threw about uh, 20 guys down that we could discuss who are pick or interesting, certainly depending on your format. You put Kirilov in there when I like, I felt Kirilov was like a slam dunk. Shouldn't be on an under the radar show, but you're saying yeah, probably not. Well, I guess what I was saying about Kirilov as as DVR <laughs> spells oh, it go. correctly. <laughs> DVR um, editing your <laughs> sloppy rundown. Yeah, well, there it is. Um, I, the reason Kirilov is on the list is because he's hitting the ball really hard, and that was the only thing that I wanted to say. Typically, with when guys come up at this time of year, you expect them to really struggle, and it looks like he's he's hitting it. Uh, we're pausing because DVR is typing something in there. Oh, yeah, the second it, it L. Only, only did that so I remember to use the second L. Okay, very good. Well, Kirilov. What do you think, DVR? Love Kirilov. I think there's a player comp to maybe like a Michael Conforto there. Uh, is available in some really shallow mixed leagues. I think he should be picked up in those shallow mixed leagues. I think he was held in a lot of 15-teamers going back to draft day because we expected the early call-up, but 
I'm in. And they're hitting him in the heart of that lineup, too. So you, you have to feel pretty good about the opportunity for him. I think people mess up those two L's because of Boris Karloff. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, that's um, definitely but also, it. Yep. also, first base is available right now. Brent Rooker hit a home run last night. Um, opposite field job. He has such terrible posture for a baseball player. Like, not just when he's up at the plate where he's sort of like, you know, leaning over. Um, but then even when he's just walking around, I mean, God bless him. I wish him nothing but the best big fan of Brent Rooker. I like him. Like I like the player. I'm not saying pick him up. I'm not saying put him in your lineup, but, um, really bad posture. That's just what I noticed. That's strange. You don't see that with baseball players. Very often. <laughs> yes. <laughs> DVR, what do you think about Brent Rooker's posture? Yeah. <laughs> I really hadn't noticed it yet. Take a look. You'll see. You know, everything's going to be followed with DVR. What do you think? Cause you gave him a complex now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, not a complex, but an, an awareness. Awareness is good. Consciousness of an of a situation is important. So, yeah, and DVR is one of the greatest fantasy baseball players and best voices in the industry. So let's hear what he has to say. Ian, but speaking of which, how are you doing in your leagues? I mean, I know it's only, it's basically May. It's been a month, but like, are you feeling good? Because you're like the, I mean... DVR wins, you know, and I sometimes win. But you like you have a a much smaller expert track record, but it is much more illustrious than ours. Well, I'll tell you, in in I don't know if I agree with that personally. DVR is and you both the, anyway. Um, I'm sorry. What were your last two finishes in Tower Wars? Uh, first and second. All right. For first, I call that second. Two for two. Yeah, 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 kind of. But um, I'll say Dynasty leagues are going great. Great, 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 great. Keeper leagues are going great, 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 great. GGD is going great, 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 great. Tout Wars, not so great yet, um, but made a good trade this weekend to settle some problems that I feel really good about. Um, and I think the team is on its way. So, like, I, I'm, I'm like looking at it, and every day I see the standings, I go, it's going to just start climbing now. So, I feel good about that. And actually, labor, pretty good, mid pack, but I like the way the team's going. Made a huge trade in labor. Um, this weekend. So made big trade in Tout Wars on Saturday and a big trade in Labor on Sunday. So I feel pretty good is how I feel. And XFL the with Steve Gardner feel very good. So things are things are moving in the right direction, I feel like. The funniest part of my day yesterday was in a text message in our group text. <laughs> Ian shouted out Steve Gardner like he would on the show, like just said something like no need to put Steve Gardner's name in there. Like something like my great partner, Steve Gardner. <laughs> no, says, well, no, like because no, I was making a point about a trade <laughs> that I was trying to make with DVR that actually I'm pretty grateful did not happen. Yeah, let's talk about this like, trade, by the way. Nah, I don't goes. know. I mean, but but Javier Baez, it's, it's, it's a little too complex for it to be totally obvious and clear. Um, but Javier Baez, who was part of the package that was coming back to Steve and myself, is now got a hamstring. And that would be problematic. It was very much a trade for this year. Um, but it, it didn't, you know, I think timing just wasn't right for it. I think it was a timing issue, right, Devere? That is correct. I think the hardest thing right now, even if you don't think this is your year in a keeper league or a dynasty league, and you can make that call pretty quickly. You know how good the best teams are likely to be. You know where your core stands and where it's likely to go over the course of the year. We're dealing with a full year gap in prospect data and that season starts may 4th and i think if you can hold off just until late may or early june that gives you about a month to see what level prospects were assigned to how do they perform at those levels that gives you an idea of how good some of the prospects you're holding 
actually are, and it gives you an idea of some of the prospects that you might want to go trade for, how good those guys are. It might create some buy-low opportunities for players that you really like. So I understand why you made the offer. I don't think it was a bad offer at all, but it was kind of like, I, I look at trading with you probably being like trying to hit someone like Corbin Burns right now. Burns is controlling the low part of the strike zone. like Fastball after fastball, he's commanding everything down there really well. He's got the cutter working, and you basically have to hunt low fastballs. Otherwise, you're going to get beat. If you try to do anything else, you're going to get beat. So this wasn't a low fastball. This was a good pitch, but it was like a good cutter up in the zone that I can't hit. So, Yeah, I don't know. I don't agree with the... I, I, I think that league context matters a lot. Um, and if you're not going to win the league, then what you want to ding, if you're not going to win Push the ups, league... Let's go. Um, no, I told you there's no more of that. We, we are done with that. Um, if you're not going to win the league, you got to build for the future. That's just my opinion. That's my opinion at every at every turn. And you got to hunt. You got to hunt for that. Um, you got to hunt for that deal that's going to be good. We'll look at it. I mean, you know, we'll look at it as the season goes on. Um, but it's okay. It's all right. You know, I like I like trading. I actually I have to say this. I've been uh, talking with Fred Zinke on the phone. Oh, that's that guy it's is a great trader. Genius, genius, genius. I reached out to him on Twitter. I was like, hey, Fred. He was like, well, you know, I'm in Canada. So like, you know, we could probably Skype and talk on the Skype if you want. I was like, no, no, no. I've got Tim McLeod. So I've got the Canadian package. I can call you. And so, um, <laughs> so we're, so we, we, we spoke and, and it's, it's just so much fun. It's like talking <laughs> trade philosophy. So great. So enjoyable. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Trading is fun. It's my favorite part of the game. And it's part of why I don't like NFBC quite as much because you can't do it. And I understand why you can't do it. It's money leagues and things like that. But I really, I think trading is like, it also brings players together. It's like how you get to know people in leagues. And it's like, ah, I like that guy. I enjoy him. I've come, you know, some of the guys who I've become closest friends with is through trade negotiations. You know? Oh, that's, I wonder if they'd say the same thing. Probably not. No, <laughs> probably not. Like, hey, man, I, I got bamboozled by the guy who plays George Washington. There's in no turn bamboozled. Was- There's no bamboozled. Stop. <laughs> it's not a bamboos. It's it's figuring out what makes both. How did he even get better. my phone number? <laughs> that's that's the trick. How do you get the phone number? No, but he's, but got, he's like the only person in the world who pays for that my life thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see what's behind me, it's like XXXXXXXX four seven nine ninety five a month. Yeah, if you want to see just the rest. For that one vocal, done. <laughs> it's done. Are you kidding? You know how much that's worth? It was that's worth in a height. No, 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 no. But it is. It is fun. It's fun. It's a you. You get to be a general manager. Look, everyone who wants people. I, I actually made a trade with Michael Rathburn over the weekend in Tower Wars that was fully by text. It was a fully by Twitter message. We went back and forth for five minutes. I made him an offer. I guess I'll talk about that trade. It was in Tout Wars. I was struggling. I only had one closer. I had drafted three. I drafted Liam Hendricks, Jose Leclerc, and Anthony Bass. Leclerc, done. Anthony Bass, gone. I had one closer, great closer to have, but I really needed a second closer. So I was going around trying to find closers. So what do you do? I was searching each team and going, who? where are all the closers? And I went, Rathburn, he's in first place. Okay, Soto's out. He needs an outfielder. He really needs an outfielder. He's got Rich Rod. Just set this table. This is 15 teams. 15 teams, Tout Wars, mixed auction. He's got Rich Rod on his bench. 
He also has TJ Antone. He also has Jordan Romano coming back, and he has two other really strong closers. So he's got seven starters, two closers, Rich Rod on his bench. Okay, so that's a little extra piece for him. He doesn't need the closer the way that I need the closer. He needs a, he needs an outfielder. So I traded him Mitch Hanniger. This was the straight offer. Mitch Hanniger and $75 out of a 1,000 fab for Rich Rod and Jared Kelenic. So what I did was I got Rich Rod, and now I've got Kelenic, who I also could use a little bit of speed in that league. Hanniger's been amazing. I love Mitch Hanniger. Hanniger, I got him for two bucks. I get Kelenic, who he doesn't want to wait on because he's battling for the top with Carabell. It's about getting into the mind of the other owner and saying, what do they want? Part of the reason I offered the trade to DVR yesterday was in GDD, he took Davey Garcia for $22 out of 100 And I went, he loves Davey. He believes in Davey. And we've done the Fantasy 15. So I put Davey Garcia and Andrew Vaughn, who DVR had been asking me for or wanting for a long time. And I know he's a huge fan of him. That's why I put those guys in the deal. You find who the player is passionate about. In Maki, which is the league I do with DVR, like one thing I thought of this morning, I need to start auctioning Milwaukee Brewers because there are a lot of Brewers fans in this league. And when push comes to shove, that's a little bit of an advantage because I can't get Corbin Burns from, from I think it's uh, Andrew Parr who's got him. He's not going to trade him. He wants to watch him. So I'm going to try to get myself some brewers in that league. Figure out where the passion is on the other side. That's how you make trades. That's what it's about. I like that. DVR, what do you think? DVR, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, totally works. And uh, Davey Garcia for 22 is a horrible desperation bid. Already got sent back down. Got to wait a couple weeks to see him possibly start again. Might have to cut him. Might have to cut him before that even happens. So really good use of fab by me. <laughs> don't be, don't be, don't be down in yourself, Derek Van Riper, FSWA award winner for best podcast and multiple time Tout Ward Tout Wars winner and Labor winner. Stop, just stop. I think DVR is just trying to see how little he can speak this episode to see if he can get under the two minutes. Nope, not going to happen. What do you think, DVR? There's your answer. (laughs) (laughs) Ian, I know him well now because we do Fantasy in 15 uh, in the mornings. Yes, I've been enjoying that. I was was lucky enough to do one with him Sunday night. It was fun. I heard. Yeah. Oh, you mean, I'm sorry, you mean Monday morning? Yes, Monday morning. All right. It was, but it was very fun. It was like, it was like doing this show, except sad, not with you, but like we were just done. Like already was like, oh, that's it. We're done. All right. That's it. Okay. That's done. I feel the same way. What about what about this victory lap that you're not taking on Adolis Garcia? I don't want to be that guy who just brings up the people that I was like, "Hey, told you so." But I do really want to know because my like my brain is so clouded by my love for you know like Adolis Garcia and Yerman Mercedes that I'm probably going to overvalue them. So I'd like to know what like a normal person actually thinks, an outsider's view. Like, is Adolis Garcia a fourth or fifth outfielder in a 12 team roto league right now? DBR? Because I think yes. But I'm a crazy person. I think you can justify him right now. I don't know if you are making that move. If you picked him up, I don't think you're expecting him to necessarily stay in your lineup all season. I think with the swing and miss flaws that Garcia has, it can unravel on him pretty quickly. But when he's hitting in the heart of the lineup and playing every day, anybody doing that is worth considering, especially when they bring power the way that Garcia does so I think for at least for now it's going to work and I'm curious to see what kinds of adjustments the league might be able to make against him that cause him to tail off in the power department especially 
you know what's interesting to me, and I don't know what this means narrative wise, but you know, I check the box scores as we go along, and at like, you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock, Garcia's, you know, zero for two, uh, you know, maybe zero for two with a walk or something. Um, and then I'll check again at like, you know, 1130 when the game's over and he's gone like one for three or one for four and hit that home run. It seems like, and I'm sure there's a way to look this up. He's hitting his home runs later in games. Um, maybe he's just better against a crappy bullpen. I don't know, but maybe he's adjusting. That's all. I think you can take a short jog, not a full lap, but you got to take a jog. I'm not asking. I don't want to take it. I just don't want to come across as someone who's, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. How about that I'm guy s- I told everyone to pick up? Well, no, because partially because of your passion for him. I listen to you, man. When you're high on somebody, like I have Ty France everywhere. <laughs> yes. I have Ty France everywhere. I have him in every, I think in every league except for Tout Wars, I wasn't able to get. Actually, I think I don't have him in labor either. But I have him in every other league, either by trade or by uh, draft. Um, Adolis Garcia, as I was putting in the bids this weekend um, for TGFBI, I put in for $183. And then I went, that's too much. That's too much. So I dropped it to 133. And then I went, that's too little. That's too little. And then I went up to 153. And I was like, that's it. 153. So then (laughs) the next bid, because they show you that, was $41. And I went, are you kidding? What? $41. So then I went to all the main events. There was not one bid. He did not go for less than $200. And I agree with that. I think. And then he stole a base last night. Um, I, I think he's... He's got real Jorge Soler, but even with a little bit more speed, there's something puiggy about him. Um, he's he's really good. He's really good for now. He's really good for now. I think DVR is right. There are going to be adjustments made. How will he adjust to it? Same with your mean Mercedes. But I paid for him this weekend, and I'm playing him this week. You always side with DVR on this stuff. I'm siding with you. What are you talking about? What are you, oh, daddy. You're feeling so tired. <laughs> and I'm sad. wide awake, man. My eyes have been opened. I, I, I really, I really, I kind of like him. And he's like Akil Badu, who I grabbed in TGFBI in the first week for 11 bucks. Um, but it, it's helping because I have uh, Christian Yelich on that team and I've got Jock Peterson on that team. So, right. Right. you know, I need to I need to fill those spots. Yeah. And there's the, well, you know, Ryland Bannon's got to be coming soon. Yeah. That Orioles good. second base, not looking great. That's true. Yeah. Although Freddie Galvis, I'm I'm kind of hoping Freddie Galvis is okay because this this is a good year for Freddie Galvis. He's played every game at shortstop, so there's value there. DVR, do you like Freddie Galvis? He's just the perfect waiver wire filler because he plays every day, like you said. He's in a park that boosts up his power. I think the 23 homers we saw back in 2019 are actually possible if he keeps the job all year. I guess. The Orioles could get to the point where they trade him to a contender to be a bench player, and if that happens, then he really has mono-league appeal, and that's about it, because I don't think he'd play enough to make a dent in mixed leagues. But I, every time I'm looking for help in the middle infield and I see Galvis out there, he's at least on the bid list. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. I uh, I guess we should stay with the Orioles. I want to get on Matt Harvey real quick. And I, I I mean, look, the Orioles are a team that's you know a little more um, statistically inclined now with a new front office. Uh, maybe they I mean, no one was touching Harvey. Maybe they saw something, or maybe when they had him in there, they're like, we can kind of do this. I don't know if it's going to last, but he had a good game yesterday. It was Matt Harvey been, day again. He's been doing he's been doing great. I don't think that they saw anything special. I think they just saw, you know, it's either him or Tommy Malone kind of thing. Yeah. You know, they're 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 not building for now at all. They're not playing for now. And Harvey looks smarter than he ever looked before. I mean, he's throwing 94 as opposed to 98, but there's more cut on all of his pitches. Like I enjoyed what even though he was playing the Yankees, um I was enjoying watching him last night and almost picked him up in the Devils rejects. But I don't have a spot. We don't, Wilson Kerman and I do not have a spot for him. But I called to say, hey, how about Matt Harvey? You know, I mean, guys, guys who were once great, I always think could find that greatness again. I mean, it's kind of the Chandler, once you have a skill, once you show a skill, you have it, which isn't really true because it's been so long. And he had that surgery, the ulnar thoracic syndrome surgery, which apparently is really hard to come back from, harder than Tommy John. But uh, he looked like a better pitcher for sure. DVR? Yeah, DVR, what do you think? I think this is similar to the conversation that we had on Fantasy Baseball in 15 on Monday where we were talking about Madison Bumgarner and, you know, there's a there's a large middle ground between frontline fantasy starter and unusable guy that still makes starts anyway. And I would say I trust Bumgarner a little more than Harvey. Me too. same. In part because of the park, too, right? Yes. I mean, how, how often are you going to want to start Matt Harvey in Baltimore? Probably a lot less than you would start Madison Bumgarner in Arizona. I think if he's a low fours ERA guy with a mediocre whip, that means he's playable. And I'm saying this as somebody who did make the mistake of trying to stream Austin Gomber as a two-star pitcher this week. It has gone horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, but I think when you look at Harvey, I mean, the home run rate's been down early on. He's not walking guys. Yeah, we're not getting the K rates we saw earlier in his career, but it does seem like he's making some adjustments that might actually give him a chance to hang around a bit longer than we all would have thought when the Orioles took that flyer. I mean, I yeah. think many people saw that and said, that's great. Hopefully he makes it. He probably won't. Maybe he's got a chance of actually hanging around. And and on the Gomber, I, oh, a week yeah. ago today... DVR was angry about Austin Gomber, man. Well, I understand. Um, m- m- my reasoning... I think we talked about it on the Fantasy 15. I just won't take any Colorado pitchers ever because they could be good. And then I could get tricked into starting him at home. And then he gives up the 10 runs and he did it on the road. But I just, I just won't do it. Um, but Joe Ross, a week ago today, Joe Ross, I was in, I was in puddles of my own sadness, right? And then, and, and I had to suffer the week going, Oh my God, he's in my lineup for Saturday. Oh no, this is going to be bad again. And then he came out and he threw brilliantly and you know he threw six innings i think i don't think he gave up any runs and got the win so who knows gomber might come back strong because i know he's on the road again this week right he's in arizona i think right we should give dvr five minutes to go off on austin gomber if you'd like go go dvr 
I can give you five seconds on Austin Gomber. I'm stuck with him for that next start against Arizona, and hopefully he can at least go five innings, only give up a couple runs, and maybe steal a win or something to offset the damage he did to my ratios. I am rooting for you and Gomber this weekend. What was it about Austin Gomber that turned so many people? Like, I saw his name all over the place, and it just seemed like I wasn't seeing the same thing everyone was seeing. And I know it was like his velocity, um, but man, like, you know, I think like, it was that he pitched well at home, and then he had two road starts, and there really aren't many two start weeks this week. There really were not that many choices for two start weeks. But people liked him as like a deeper sleeper. People were talking about yeah. him preseason. I I didn't like him as a sleeper as soon as he went to Colorado. I think before the Arenado trade, it sort of made sense because St. Louis is such a pitcher-friendly park. And the reason people liked him, I think this was articulated very well by Scott Jenstead from Rotowire. It was a two-star week, but it was the matchups and where those matchups were happening, right? Yeah. Both being on the road. like You get the Giants and D-backs at Coors. Obviously, you're not playing Austin Gomber in those spots, but those are average at best offenses. Even with the Giants having a resurgent Buster Posey and Evan Longoria looking pretty good. and Really good. They've got a few things going right in that offense right now. It's still a team you're not afraid of, especially in their home park. Uh, but he also pitched well his last couple times out. And he had that seven-walk start in his first start of the season at Coors. I think that was his first career start in that park. So, I don't know. It was easy to make an excuse for that. I mean, you just you look back at it and you say, yeah, he's trending the right way. It's two soft landing spots on the road. Yeah. Let's go ahead and take a swipe and possibly get two wins. I mean, that was that was the appeal for me. But the good rebuttal that came from Alex Chamberlain was, what were you doing throwing a guy out there with a 544 Sierra? Like, why why were you doing that? Like, at what point do those great matchups not matter because you're giving so much up in terms of pitcher skills, which is a, a fair counterpoint. That's why some people just stayed away from him completely. And I, I think I, I understand both sides of the argument because – Bad pitchers and even or mediocre pitchers, let's just call them that. Mediocre pitchers can go out and do well in average matchups. Mediocre pitchers can sometimes shove against good teams, and it drives us all crazy when Matt that Harvey. happens. Right? Yeah, Matt Harvey against the Yankees, perfect example of that. I think what happened here for me, the more I've thought about it this morning, I think Gomber is the kind of guy that if I'm mid pack in ratios and just trying to make anything happen to move up in the standings. I'm chasing K's and wins, and I don't care if the ratios go down. That's a move you make in August. That's the type of two-start week you take on late in the year, yeah. not necessarily early in the year where you're giving up some core skills to get those good matchups. All right. Thank you. What do you think, DVR? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let me ask you this. Within the context of Austin Gomber, um, Rich Hill has been off to a terrible start this season. Had a good game last night. Um, you know, his whip is, is below 1.3. It's one, well, it's 1.299. Uh, his K rate is almost 10. It's 9.7. His ERA is 7.25, which isn't pretty, but, um, you know, if you, I, I assume you'll drop Austin Gomber for Rich Hill. That seems like a move that everybody would make, but, um, I don't know. Ian, is, is there, is there anything more there? Like is Rich Hill... Like, I'm not saying you got to replace Austin Gomber with Rich Hill right now, but, like, is there anything more there that makes Rich Hill a little more attractive now that he's maybe possibly right at the ship? Rich Hill, Rich Hill is one of those weird guys who, if you have him on your team, you can use him in good matchups. And you can, I mean, he's it's sort of, it's interesting he's on the Twins because it's very Nelson Cruz-ish. He's not nearly as good as Nelson Cruz. But, you know, Wainwright, to me, is more exciting. Waka has more interest there. 
Um, Brubaker for sure. And we haven't really spoken much about Brubaker. Kopech, who looked like a genius this weekend. Um, and Danny Duffy. Like there, there's a lot of J- Jake Arietta. There's a lot of guys right now in this past um, waiver wire was a really good week to pick up a lot of these guys. Um, and if they're still out there, they're worth picking up. Pick them up. Don't necessarily start them right away. Like, look look at the matchup. Make sure you feel comfortable with them. But those are guys that ahead of Rich Hill for me. Definitely. Uh, Wainwright, Duffy, Mad Bum. Definitely ahead. Uh, Bumgarner's... And Waka. Oh, oh, oh really? We could, let's talk Waka then. I like Waka. I, I like Waka. I liked Waka coming into the season. Um, he had a really good spring training. His velocity is is in pretty good shape. I think he's throwing that third pitch finally a little bit more, uh, but he just looks in control on that mound. He looks more confident than I've seen him in years. And if we think back five years ago, do you remember when Waka was like a number two? Waka was, pitcher? everyone loved Waka. I mean, oh, yeah. six or seven even, like it was like Waka's the man. Yeah, Waka was the man. And then he had shoulder issues and it's just taken him out. But hey. He's in Tampa right now, and I, I have a feeling. Look, don't again pick him. Make your own choice about it. Like Joe Ross has made me nervous, but um, but I like Waka. I'm looking to pick up Waka this weekend. He was just dropped in TGFBI last week, and um, he was just dropped in TGFBI last week, and I think I'm going to pick him up. Um, how about you know I want to move to Michael Kopech, who was on Ian's list of under the radar guys to pick up because I don't like you don't remove him from the rotation after this game, right? This is like, this is Michael Kopech's coming out party and he's there. Or am I wrong about that? DeVere, what do you think? Well, Lance Lynn's on the IL right now. I think the question is, do they prefer Kopech to Dylan Cease once Lance Lynn comes back? I tend to think they will because they could just use Cease the way they started the season with Kopech in the bullpen. And if someone else gets hurt, you know, Cease would then still be stretched out enough to quickly take over the spot that was vacated by whoever got hurt. I don't know, man. It seems like when this is ha- like when you're that good and things are going your way and you've kind of asserted yourself like, yeah, I'm stretched out and I can start now and strike out 10 guys. Uh, a little like someone else might have an injury that pops up, you know, just g- yeah. conveniently when he's about to return, someone else is like, oh, oops, you know, dead arm. Speaking of that, can I, can I, I want to make a, a quick uh, left turn here and talk about Steve Gardner. Um, I was on the phone with Steve yesterday. I think, talking about about time, DV- I think it's about time yeah. we give him a sound. Yeah, for sure. I think we have to. Uh, at this well, point, yeah. he's about the nicest guy in the world. So can we come up with a really nice guy word, a nice guy sound? Someone send tweet, tweet, tweet us an idea. I was speaking to Steve Gardner yesterday. I'm see how I started it like that now. Um, and he was talking, he wrote an article for Baseball Weekly, which is the USA Today where he works. It's a great article. I highly recommend going out and getting it. Talking about um, the first round. And if you look at the first round hitters, you've got Soto, Acuna, Tatis, uh, Betts, Trout, Turner. Every single one of them have had some sort of an injury issue. And if you look at the pitchers, Cole, Bieber, and most especially Jacob deGrom. We should probably talk about that guy. He's a little under the radar for me. Um, when it comes to spelling, those yes. Guys have been, those guys have been outrageously good. They've been everything that you could hope for. So, you know, the old theory is like, don't take pitching because it can get hurt. It looks like that's not happening, at least at the start of this year. I just thought that that was an interesting perspective. DVR, what do you think? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm rattled. I'm just rattled right now. What's wrong? He's he's gombered. He, he got, got gombered. gombered. <laughs> he did. 
just so rattled. I understand, man. Last week, last Tuesday, I was so sure that I had a star in Joe Ross. And then he puts up 10 runs. That's like Austin Gomber all over again. How do people keep getting yeah, fooled by, jo- Ross, by Ross? Ross they're is similar. better. They're, no. they're similar. I do think Ross is better. But oh, man. I definitely think They're Ross similar. I'm just, my I head know. is just all over the place. It's okay. It's okay. It's part of the game. I mean, it's, it's literally part of the game. And we just got to, we got to, that's what Glenn Colton told me. He's like, it's early. And that's how he talks. It's early. What are you worried about? It's fine. That's my Glenn Colton impression. It's, it, it just is what it is. We, we, you know, you, I was so shaken by Joe Ross last week. It, it almost messed up my birthday. My wife came in and she was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah. She's like, tomorrow's your birthday. Are you all right? I'm like, nah. She was like, what's wrong? Stop. And I was like, yeah, I guess I, all right, I'll stop. But it really it does. It it affects you because we care about this stuff. I spend I watch a lot of baseball, man. I'm not reading I'm I'm watching the games. I am watching the pitchers. I am watching the hitters. This stuff matters. And when you get it wrong, even for a day, it hurts. But then you have good days and then all of a sudden you get it right, you know? I uh I know we can cheer them up. Let's cheer up DVR with this one. Ryan Weathers. DVR spent all of fantasy in 15 last week trying to get me to say Ryan Weathers is good, and I refused to. Right, well, you're wrong. Ryan Weathers is I don't good. Know. How do we know? He's got like a year we, of we, stats, tops. Yeah, he throws really good. Yeah, DVR this is about DVR. About Ryan yeah, Weathers. On, this is about DVR. Yeah, he's not. He's not good. I'm told. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but now you tell us. You tell us why he is good. Oh, poor DVR. It's really feeling. Tell us why you you spent 127 dollars on Ryan Weathers this weekend. Mostly because he's a Padre. I think he's going to stick because they've got so many injuries in that rotation. I think you can throw just about anybody in Petco. And I think he's better than just than anybody. Even if he's got some flaws, there's going to be correction coming. There has to be. He's throwing two pitches right now. He's, he's, his two pitches aren't so amazing. That fastball-slider combo, they're not so good that he can pull some kind of glass now maneuver and, and have awesome ratios all season. He's going to have to throw the changeup more, find something else that works if he's going to be you know, a long-term high three ZRA guy with a good strikeout rate. It's going to take something happening, but desperation, it's, it's pretty bad Stop this time desperate. of year. desperate. It's April, bruh. I don't know why I say that. I don't I think it's my older son comes home and he goes, bruh. I'm like, I'm not your bruh. Um, but <laughs> uh, there's no desperate. There's we, we, we need to, everyone needs to relax a little bit and just try to improve every week, week to week. Just keep, it's a long season. Look at the Oakland A's. They were 0-6. Now they're 14-8. and 8. So they were in last place in their fantasy league. Now they're in first place in their fantasy league. And you got to trust what you've done. I mean, you know, you, to, to a certain extent. Josh Stomont. Can we talk about Josh Stomont for a minute? What if Josh Stomont is now Josh Stomont? Because it looks like he's Josh Stomont. And Kansas City Royals are trying to win. So I think he might be Josh Stomont. DVR, what do you think? I think they're cutting saves six ways and... If you want to have one of those guys, he's probably the best option of the bunch. He but got the last. He got the last three, bullpen. dude. He got the last three chances, and he's closed uh, every game. I I, I, they, I, they mixed it up last year too, and for some brief stretches, it looked like Holland was the guy. The thing about Stelmont is, it looks like he has the best skills in that pen. Mm-hmm. And if if there's a clear difference, they can justify locking in on one guy. If he goes back to walking guys again it's pretty easy for them to go back to that same messy committee they used a year ago. All I know is that Jake Diekman was being, was very expensive in TGFBI and in weekend leagues. And Josh Stomont was not. And I think it's flipped. 
I think Stomont's the guy in Kansas City. Kansas City has the best record in the American League. Wait, can I say that again? Kansas City Royals have, without Bobby Witt, without Alberto Mondesi, the best record in the American League. They're going to try to win ballgames. And I'm kind of excited. I, I saw, I think I was on the Angels telecast because I'm an Angels fan now. Shohei Otani, I'm an Angels fan. Um, and they were talking about how there's different ways of going about like rebuilding. Like you do the old Astros way where you just tank for three years. Or you can do sort of a hybrid version, which is what the Royals are doing. And it seems to be working. And I like the Royals version. I think that's a better way to do it. I think it's a more... This is a better way to play baseball. Royals were the best team in baseball in OOTP for like the first half of the year last year in our sim. That's Isn't right. Isn't that funny? That's yeah. right. And we thought OOTP can't be that bright. And now look, they're the best team in the American League. Not the best team in baseball. That's the Los Angeles Dodgers, everybody. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Didn't Nicky Lopez win the MVP award yeah, or Nicky something? Nicky Lopez was on Nicky fire. Lopez, yeah. Nicky Lopez is like really good. Uh, it's crazy. Greg Jewett wrote something really great about uh, Stomont in his closer roundup on the site today. Uh, what did he well, say? He, pointed, like he pointed out, like, you know, Matheny likes his matchups and whatever, whatever. But last year, Trevor Rosenthal recorded consecutive saves in games 15 and 16 of the season, then four in a row after getting the next game off for rest prior to his trade to San Diego. Can Stomont stake the same claim after game 21 this year? Stay tuned. I, and, and they're not trading Stomont. Right. I think he just meant, like, dude plays matchups, but all of a sudden he's got his closer. So I think he's got his closer. I mean, I, I could be wrong. Don't spend every bit of fab you've got. But if you can sneak him, get you know, him. Alec Lewis, our, our Royals writer, I don't know if this is last year or if it was two years ago at this point, but we you know, we asked, like, who's a sleeper on your team to keep an eye on? And he was like, Stomont. Like, you got it. Stomont's got the stuff. Yeah, but I mean, that okay, that wasn't, that, yeah, it was pretty clear. I mean, Stomont throws 99, 100 with movement. It's just a question, like DVR says, of whether he can control it. All right, well, let's hope Alex's not listening. he can control it. No, I'm all right. He just poo pooed his helping us. It was I was really just poo pooing you talking about it as being kind of a big thing, but that's fine. Can we talk about JT Brubaker, please? <laughs> we should. I should answer your question that Steve Gardner got you thinking about, right? Please. About first well, round injuries and pitching, too, but you're feeling down, so I no, no. Go ahead. Like, what was the question again? The question was, does this make you rethink? I didn't. I, I think I just said it as an interesting perspective as I wrote in the rundown. It's a very interesting perspective. Uh, please go out and buy the uh, baseball weekly. Um, but. Do it's changing my thinking about it. When Cushing and I had the second pick, he was like, maybe we should take DeGrom. I was like, ah, I don't want to take DeGrom. We should have taken DeGrom. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, is is it now turning, are Roto Leagues going to be almost like more like points leagues? And should we be looking pitching, elite, elite pitching ahead of guys like Tatis or Betts, certainly, or or Trout? Yeah, so I know this has become a little more popular in recent years. And I know NFBC players have done this for a little while, and it's it just seems like it's picking up more steam, right? It's the pocket aces concept. Yeah. Maybe. It doesn't even have to be two, though. It, it could just be targeting in the first round. When you have that early first round pick, taking DeGrom at two, three, or four, taking Cole at four, five, or six, like making a point mm-hmm. to push those guys up even a couple spots. I don't think this season is changing my tune with that, but I do think the broader five-year window of people having success with that strategy has made me look more closely at it. I, I don't know why so many hitters are hurt right now. I think we spent this entire draft season worrying about pitching and volume over the course of the year and to see so many first-round bats already missing time. Even guys like Mookie Betts, and I, don't, yeah. I don't think Betts has been on the IL, but he's been he's been dinged up. Clearly not completely healthy guys right now. Guys are getting hit by pitches. A right, lot. so I wonder, I wonder if that's noise or if that's 
pitchers having a little less command than usual. You know, it's it's hard to say because we're still only dealing with a month. But if that continues all season, maybe that's some of the fallout of the shortened season is league-wide command was worse. And, and maybe philosophies are changing. Teams are throwing inside more than ever before, and they're just missing inside because they're there more often. Uh, but to answer the question, I mean, I I do think pitching in round one is a lot more viable today than I thought it was five years ago or 10 years, especially 10 years ago. 10 years ago, never would have took a pitcher in the first round. Right Now I'm comfortable going pocket aces if the board breaks the right way. And I think the best team I've got going right now is a main event qualifier where I have DeGrom and Walker Bueller as my first two picks. And there's some bats I have that haven't really hit yet, but they should hit. I, I look at that roster all the time, and I just feel good about it. Like I, I don't, I don't see gaping holes on that roster. Whereas the teams where I went hitter hitter early, or if I only got one pitcher in the first three rounds, I, f- I feel like I have more holes on those rosters that I'm I'm chasing right away. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I've got a problem on a much well weirder level than that in that uh, my Tout Wars team, the 50-round 50, the 50 draft and hold. Tout Wars that team? Tout Wars yeah. team. I've, I've, almost no, no. Tout run out of, I've almost run out of pitchers. Thanks to some yes. <laughs> so we had a, we had to worry uh, during the draft if you all remember from the show that I wouldn't have enough first baseman which has not been a problem but I have like way too deep of a hitter bench and not enough of a pitcher bench and it's if things don't improve in the next two months I could be starting an injured guy which yeah. could get me kicked out of yeah. town. it's not as bad as not setting a lineup but you know no it's no not at all <laughs> yeah, poor um, no it's part of the it's it, I think it's you got to get. I mean, I think Cushing and I were talking about this over the weekend because we're running into some similar problems with it. And I think you need. I remember McLeod telling me years ago, you need like twenty-two pitchers to really make it through, including a couple of middle reliever guys that you can just throw in there. 
um, because there's injuries. There's just, there are injuries. So, you know, one, one, one interesting point that I want to bring up, because I'm seeing all these older guys really being successful, right? Like Wainwright last night, complete game, two runs, what, seven strikeouts, eight strikeouts. Maybe last year's shortened season is going to like energize guys. Like they're, they're, it was like they took a sabbatical in a way. Instead of pitching 30 times, they're only pitching six times over the course of a season. So it's like their arms are, are stronger. I mean, it's the only thing I can come up with because, you know, yeah. What do you think of that, DVR? I don't know if, yeah, it could be a strength thing. Could just be that they went into the offseason more rested, didn't need as much time to recover from the season before they ramped things up. Maybe it was just sort of the psychological lift of, hey, we're going to have a, a normal season, and I'm just really excited to go through a more normal season again, and I'm going to put the extra time in. And especially for a guy like Wainwright, at 39, there's a very good chance this is it. If you look at the velo, you look at the underlying numbers, I don't think there's anything in the profile that backs up the idea that he's yeah he's not throwing harder or anything like that. He's still kind of the same guy he's been for the last couple of years from that perspective. Uh, but I think it just comes down to being healthier or more refreshed coming into the season. All I know is Robert Mershak, oh, he was like, we got to get Wayne Wright this weekend. We got to get Wayne Wright. And we did. And he it was, it looks really good. It just looks really good. Another old guy that I talked about last week on the show, but I want to talk about again, is Albert Pujols. If he is still available in your league, I would consider putting in $2 for him. Um, and you will probably get him. I got him in Tout Wars. I traded for him in labor. I picked him up in, I'm, I'm just trying to get him everywhere because he is in the best deep. shape. You're too deep in I, the Angels, I think. No, no, I'm not. I just, it's, no, I'm not. How many runs are they scoring a game? Is it too deep if they're scoring nine, 10 runs? That lineup is crazy good. Crazy good. And it's going to get better with Stassi coming back as well. That team is good. The pitching, not quite as good, though. The pitching has been pretty good too. But Pujols looks like 35-year-old Pujols as opposed to 39-year-old Pujols or 38-year-old Pujols, where he was like, he had like three years left in his contract. He was carrying probably about 10 pounds more than he's carrying now. And the difference is extreme. He looks like Albert Pujols again. Do you think he's I mean, playing for a contract? You know, like quote unquote playing. No, for, he doesn't need the money, but I mean, like, no, no, he's not playing. He, I, but actually, now going into the season, this was Pujols' last year. There was no question. His wife even said it. Well, now you could bring him back on a one point five million dollar contract to just be on the team next year. Like he brings value to the team. And with Fowler getting injured in right field, Walsh making a really great move to right field, which has been huge on all my teams. Because Walsh is a guy that I was like, just, I need Walsh. I love Walsh. Now he's got outfield eligibility, which is why I could make that Hanniger trade. Was because I could move Walsh to the outfield spot until Kellenic comes. And then Kellenic goes in that spot. And then Walsh goes back to the corner. And I can put Longoria corner. Or Pujols, which is what I did. I picked up Pujols and put him at the corner. So Pujols is, is cheap. Pujols is playing every day. And Pujols is hitting home runs. I like it. And he hit one to the wall yesterday that Adolis Garcia made a really good catch on. Otherwise, he would have had a two for five night as opposed to a one for five night with a home run, which is what he had. DVR, what do you think? Yeah. I still don't <laughs> believe in Pujols, even though he's homered three times since we spoke about him last week. He's been putting up a nice week, but all he's doing is hitting home runs. He's not driving in runs. He's Yeah, he is. Just, yeah, he is. He homered three times. He has five RBIs. <laughs> on those three homers like he's hitting 200 273 650 since we last spoke okay. it's all home runs it, it's we talk about players who steal bases and don't do anything else 
this is the rare player who hits home runs and doesn't do anything else. And yeah, with that lineup, there should be guys on base, especially with Trout and Rendon back now. But I don't see this ending well. I, th- I think this is very short-lived. Okay. Even though yeah, there's ju- something in the tank, I just don't see him being... It's in the tank. Are you going to feel good about him on your roster in July? I, I'd, if I'd he's doing what he's doing now, I will. Yes, please. I'm all for it, man. I mean, if he stays healthy, I think that's the, the danger is that he'd get hurt. I mean, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. He's not he's not killing it, but he's good. He's hitting home runs. He's in a great lineup, and he's going to play every day. And at this point, for I, I'm not talking about 12-team league or a 10-team league. I'm talking about 15 teams and up. 15 teams and up. Just, it's his last year, and I think he wants to go out feeling great. So he's just, look, as an actor, you had to, I, I would have to watch what I ate all the time. Because I was like, boom, you know, but if I was on a TV show, you don't have to watch quite as much because you don't have to be, you know what I mean? But now you, for pools, he was, he's now in his last year. And these are, you know what my, my younger brother, who's a really smart guy said to me once about vacations. He said, what you remember about vacations are the beginning of the vacation, the end of the vacation and the high point of the vacation. So Pujols is, and the low point, like if you get into a fight, if you get into an argument with someone in your family, you remember that too. For Pujols, he's going to remember this last season, and he wants to build good memories for himself. So I think he is as locked in as he's been in years. I could be wrong. I mean, he could break tomorrow. But if he's on this, if he stays on this pace, he's going to hit 40 home runs. He won't stay on this pace. American League. Even has a stolen base. American League only. What would you trade for Albert Pujols right now? I did. Okay, so wow, you just did that. Wow, look what you did. Oh, is that, is that in the um, I don't even know I, if that's in the rundown. That was the legitimate. It is in follow. the rundown. Go. Uh, no, I traded for him this weekend. Now, labor rules are very strange, right? They're very weird. Whoever you draft, you have to keep in your lineup. You cannot take them out of your lineup and put them on your bench. Not, this is not in the, if you want to take in the rundown. Yeah, it is bottom. You of have Albert Pujols um, under NFBC, bro. All right, bro. You go, bro, go, bro. You go, go ahead, bro. To, bro. Right, that's the trade. Albert Pujols, Kepler, Flexen, and Anderson. So I, I think, was, wasn't it me last week who said that Chris Flexen I'm not touching? That was me, right? Well, um, I traded for him this week. <laughs> I traded for him this weekend. So I had drafted Mercado for seven bucks in AL Labor. You can put him down on your bench if he's in the minor leagues. I had traded for Bradley Zimmer. I think I traded Jake Bowers because I was going to have to drop him. And I got Bradley Zimmer back from Steve Gardner. So I traded to uh, Sean Childs and Greg Ambrosius, who are NFBC. They needed a closer, and they're they're in the mix for the championship. I'm still mid-pack, but climbing. Um, they need a closer. I have three. I have Hendricks, Gregory Soto, and Diego Castillo. So I have saves to, to sell. And in AL only or NL only, really, you're trading numbers, right? Like, you need this. I need this. I need power. Like, the rest of my team is good, but I don't have home runs, and I don't have – I'm low in home runs and low in RBIs. If I can lift there, I can compete. So I traded um, Soto and Rowdy Telez. Let's just do let's just do it in two parts. Soto and Rowdy Telez for Max Kepler and Albert Pujols. Very happy with that. Just what I needed, just what he needed too. So that's a good match. And then to to balance it out, I gave him Mercado and Zimmer. So he's got the center field situation in Cleveland. And I took back Chris Flexen, who's a reserve pick. So he's with reserve picks, you can put them in and out of your lineup. It's kind of awesome, actually. I kind of love it. And Nick Anderson, who is on the IL. So I, I, I just love this trade. I love this trade for my team. I love this trade for his team. I love this trade. Good trade. Good trade. I can't tell, man. Yeah, DVR, what do you think? I think it's all right. Yeah, I think it works. Yeah. I, I just like getting Telez out of my lineup because he. I think Telez 
with Springer coming back now, Telez is going to go to the bench. I don't think Telez is going to play. And Pools is going to play. So that's 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 been the thing that has been holding me back. Telez and Gallo. Gallo needs to start hitting home runs. DVR, what's wrong with Joey Gallo? Can you explain? He's your guy, man. I, I I'm we I, I forget where I talked about him. Was it this show last week? Didn't we talk about like everything's fine with his plate discipline? I think normal, he, that is. He, he's still walking, yeah. striking out thirty five percent of the time. He's just not hitting the ball hard for some reason. He's hitting a lot of balls on the ground. Yeah, I think he's trying to be like I think I think he's taking things personally when people say that he's you know he all he does is hit forty home runs and hit two twenty he stinks just go hit forty home runs and bat two twenty I'm fine I need the home runs Joey just set Joey Joey is, is he a buy low I have him in too many places to buy <laughs> yeah you can't you can't get him because you already have him <laughs> you know I I really think he's gonna turn it around I think it's hard in that lineup I think if Nate Low 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 Brandon Lau, Nate Lowe. If Nate Lowe hits, continues to hit, and Adolis Garcia can hold down that fifth spot, they won't pitch around him quite as much, and maybe he'll start hitting home runs. That's what I would like to see. Nando, what do you think? I want to go back to Bradley Zimmer, actually. But yeah, so Joey Gallo is just one of those people, like, if I don't have him on my team, I don't even care about him. Um, to sure. me, you know, 220, 40 home runs is Joey Gallo. That's how I look at him. So yeah, He's just not doing it. He's His not OVP doing it yet. He is good. His OBP is good, so that's good, and that helps in Tout Wars because OBP, that's part of why I wanted him so bad. Um, hey, we're, we're running up on, on DVR time. Oh, can, yeah, we got to get out mention, of well, Can I just mention a couple of guys on this list that have not been mentioned yet and just a thought about them? Uh, Nico Horner is going to play every day, it looks like. Uh, he even batted leadoff. Batted? He even hit leadoff because Hap is struggling so much. He's got eligibility at second and short in many leagues. I really like Nico Horner. Brubaker, if you haven't gotten him yet, and if he's still on the waiver wire, I don't care if it's a 12-team league. Go get JT Brubaker. We brought a Brubaker. Um, briefly, Paven Smith is playing every day. He's got dual eligibility, first base and outfield. He's somebody to look at. Jordan Luplo is also playing every day and hitting. I kind of like him as a fifth outfielder in deeper leagues. Um Adelise and Sam Haggerty. Can I just say this? And Austin Slater, we talked about on the Fantasy 15, but Sam Haggerty in Seattle. Dylan Moore stinks. Not hitting. Come on, man. That was your. You can't turn your back on Dylan Moore like that. I can totally turn my back on him because I said coming into the season, don't draft Dylan Moore. He's being well overdrafted. He was great as the the pop up guy. He was not a guy to take with 130th pick. I was pretty clear. A guy who hits pop ups or a guy who popped up? It's like, hey, look at me. He I'm popped a up last year, and now this year he hits pop-ups. That's pretty much what happens. But Sam Haggerty, I'm telling you, when Kellenic comes up, I can see a situation where Haggerty gets that second base job. And he hits home. You know, I, I was talking to somebody, my, my partner, Wilson, and he was like, he's got a 30 uh, power tool. And I said, go look at the home run he hit yesterday. That's not a 30 power tool because he hit the ball 430 feet, and he steals bases. Guys like Haggerty, Austin Slater, those are guys that, that can really bring value to your fantasy team. TVR, what do you think? I'm trying to figure out why Haggerty has a 30 power tool. That's what I want to know. Like, why is that the grade? He doesn't. He doesn't. I mean, he's, not, he's not big, but you look at some of the stat cast numbers from the little bit of time that he's been in the big league, 6.2% barrel rate, average exit velocity is about 90 miles per hour, 106 max. I mean, it's not, it's not bad. So maybe maybe the power grade was a little lower than it should have been. Interesting though that there's a gap between the game power and the raw power. He's got average raw power, 45 grade raw power according to FanGraphs. So you might be onto something here. I'm Ian. telling you, man, and he runs. 
He runs and he, he's going to play outfield. He's going to get some time. And I'm telling you, when Kellenic comes up, I can see Dylan Moore going to the alternate site. I really can. That makes sense. I mean, like he's it's not like they owe him anything. It's not like he was like this dude who they need to keep nurturing and no, playing. They, they right? had him around because he was he was great last year. Last year was his year. This year is not his year. That's it. We should have brought up Sam Haggerty earlier. Well, if people probably are still listening and they heard Sam Haggerty. I just wanted to make sure I got him Why out Why don't there. you lead with Sam Haggerty? Because uh, I wanted to talk about you and your sleep situation. <laughs> Thanks, you're a sweet we guy. Really had to deal, and we really had to deal with DVR because I, you, could, you, you guys can hear it. You guys at home can hear it or on the road or driving or whatever else. My, my partner, our friend, is, is feeling it. I, I can relate. I felt it last week. And I, here's what I'll tell you. It gets better. Is he time. upset because of Gomber or is he upset because of the comment that I made that he has to edit out? No, Gomber. No, you he sure? That seems like every week. <laughs> it's usually it's 100% you. 100% sure. <laughs> no, it's it's it, it, he does a he does a weekly edit out of the inappropriate things that you say. So that's I'm not just, what I it think is. this is the first time I've ever said anything. It's not even inappropriate. I thought it was a good idea. I thought it was kind yeah. of funny actually. But DVR makes the final call. All right. Oh, by the way, I want to shout out um Dan who goes to Oak Grove uh BC on uh, on eBay. He actually listened to the show. He sent me this nice note about the Yerman Mercedes episode. What do they do about that? What is eBay going to no, do he about actually, that? There's nothing. They suck. And he actually like backed that up. Like I can't write negative feedback for this guy. Um, but like behind the scenes, eBay won't allow him to bid on something if he has like two negative experiences with someone else. If the person selling the card clicked off a box saying that they don't want someone with two unpaid. Like it's so stupid. And I Very hate stupid. eBay. And my loyalty is fully with Starstock now. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Although he did say don't give up completely on eBay. But I'm never going to sell anything yeah. on eBay again, and I hope they die. <laughs> Until next I, week. I'm all in on Star Stock. Star Stock, baby. DVR, I hope you feel better, brother. I'll get there. All right. You will. You will. You're going to have a guy. Who, who else in that on the team that you Austin Gomber's still in there, man. Come on. Have faith in the second start. How much is his rookie card? And on that note, go on. We got to get out. He's got, a, he's got an out. He's got an out. We got to respect the out. All right, fine. Also, DVR, we got to talk about a, another possible editing issue that I just discovered. Um, so stand by for that off air. <laughs> just, just to brighten your day. I don't know if you rode an elevator with a witch or a gypsy a couple days ago, but this is not your day. Um, for the guy, <laughs> for the guy who wants to get gombered in a good way, Derek Van Riper. I don't even know what that would mean at this point. <laughs> I can I can tell you some things that'll probably get edited out if you'd like. All right. No, I'm good. For the guy who's going to wake up in the middle of the night screaming, DVR, what do you think? Ian Cobb. That is correct, DVR. What do you think? I'm not Nanofino. Thank you all for joining us. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope this is helpful. Bye. Good talk. Good talk. Bye. <laughs>